Hey, this is AJ Davis. I was just on The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. We explored a whole bunch of different fun topics that you should listen along for, but most importantly, listen for my definition of success. Welcome to The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the show. I am the real Jason Duncan. You could call me JD. I'm glad that you're here with me today because I have another initial person. Like I'm JD and this is AJ. Hey, we had a little bit of audio problems in the middle of the show. We had to stop things. So if at the first 10 or 15 minutes of the show, the audio is going to sound probably a little bit echoey. We realized our mistake. We stopped the show. We re-recorded it. So or we started over. So if you hear the change or if you're if you're an audio snob like me and you say, I'm not going to listen to this because the audio is bad, just stick with me. This is a great conversation you don't want to miss with AJ. We did change the audio, audio so stick with me. So I got AJ Davis on the show today. She is a, a she's someone who's really, really good at CRO. And I know there's so many alphabet soup, you know, like what, what does this mean? What do these three letters mean? They're CFO, CEO, CMO, CTA. There's all these letters. What is CRO? CRO is conversion rate optimization. And if you're a, an e-com, if you do anything on e-com, right, whether it's a coach selling courses or you got anything, you want conversions. You don't want people just visiting the website. You want them to convert to customers. So what she does is she's an expert in converting those people. She's the founder of a company called Experiment Zone, which helps online businesses grow through uh, looking at scientific methods and how the user experience changes things, which I have some specific questions for her today about that. Uh, before starting that company, Experiment Zone, in 2017, she led strategies on optimization for Fortune 500 companies, and she even was the, uh, the UX, there's another letters, user experience researcher on the Google Optimize team uh, for that product. So please help me welcome the one and only AJ Davis to the root of all success. Hey, AJ, how are you? Hey, JD. So nice to be on today. It's good to have you. And I... Um, uh, I'm, I'm really glad that we got connected, although I don't remember how we did get connected. So do you remember how we got connected? Isn't it, isn't, isn't it interesting how we, like in this podcast world, we get people in front of us like, how did, how did we meet? And then it, it ends up being really, really great. So I'm glad you're here. Coming all the yeah, way from Austin. Coming all the way from Austin. So Austin and Nashville are kind of sister cities in many ways. We have a lot of things in common, the music scene and um, you know, I think you guys are weirder than us, but you're also maybe cooler than us. <laughs> we're pretty, we're pretty proud of our weirdness. I think <laughs> we're happy to wear that. How long, you, how long have you been in Austin? Eight years. Eight years. And you came from, where'd you move from to get to Austin? Gosh, I lived in a lot of places on my way here. Uh, but I think I basically was running away from snow. So I uh, went to school up in Boston, lived in New York, thought I could handle snow, like in Boulder, Colorado. Still too much snow. So here we get one or two days every few years and that's enough for me. 
Well, speaking of snow, we're recording this. Today's the 24th of January when we recorded it. And today is the first day in Nashville in over 10 days. We haven't had snow on the ground. This is, it's been nuts here in Nashville for the last week and a half. Yeah, we had a big freeze last week. They, we've had a couple of these years in a row. We made the news two years ago, but fortunately last week wasn't anything notable really, except for having to stay inside and stay huddled up. Uh, got some extra snuggles for my two pups, so I enjoyed that. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about moving from snow and geography. Let's look at what CRO really is. So I'm gonna I want to talk about your business. I'm gonna get into that in a minute. But, but first of all, this this idea of conversion rate optimization and user experience. Um, tell us a little bit about why that first of all is important, and then we'll kind of dive into how you do what you do. Yeah, I think then another jargon to throw out into the mix is the word usability. So that's what brought me into the world of CRO and UX is this, I, I just get irritated when things don't work and I want other people to have a world that works for them. So what usability is, is everything. It can touch everything. So do voting machines, are they something you understand how to use and you can click the right buttons? For a website, can you figure out what it's about and who you need to reach out to and how to do it? Uh, for a product, do you know how to use it and how it functions? And are you able to really utilize it in your life without it being distracting or overtaking what you're doing? So CRO is a specific application of usability in the digital marketing world where we're trying to get the people that digital marketing teams are drawing to the website and getting them to take action, buying a product, filling out a form, et cetera. So this, so really CRO is a function of UX, right? Is that, is that a correct statement? So user experience is kind of where it starts and then you, you optimize the conversion based on the user experience. Is that, is that correct? I think it's controversial. Uh, I, I would say that's true, but I also know that my background is in user experience before it was in conversion rate optimization. So some people will throw in that it's really more about the data first, and then you take the data and apply it to an experience. I think if you think about your user first, what the information they need, what steps they need to get that information, and then the conversion, it really is a customer journey or user experience. Well, yeah, so I, I agree. I agree with what you say, said. I've actually got one of my clients I'm working with. He is the creator of an online math tutoring software, and he developed this algorithm. It's really phenomenal. Um, um, and and, and and, you, and I'll plug it, even though I wasn't really intended to. It's called mathcelebrity.ai, mathcelebrity.ai. Mm -hmm. And when he hired me to help him, for, in my opinion, it was the, he had, I don't want to go too much into his details because that's his details, but he had, let's, let's just safe to say millions of people visiting this website every year. And it sucked. It was terrible. User experience, in my opinion, was terrible, but he agreed. And he's like, yes, the user experience is bad. Even though we have millions of people coming and visiting this thing, how do we, he hired me to say, how do we get this to a place where we're converting, which is what you do. Right. And I said, this is why I'm working with him is that we got to fix the user experience because you like, you've got a great product. It works, works really well, better than all the other math tutoring softwares out there. But this doesn't, the user experience is sucks. It's really bad. So that's what we're working on. We've been working on this Kylie seven, eight months and we're finally getting the user experience turned the right way. The new website was just launched. We got a new app that was launched. I believe what you said is the user experience first. Now, 
how do we how do we convert these people? Why is that controversial? That seems to me to be completely like duh. But you said that's controversial, so I'd be interested to hear what the other side is saying. I think that conversion rate optimization has been born out of kind of a multitude of disciplines, and so it mostly sits within companies and their digital marketing team, and sometimes it sits under analytics. So I think that might be part of the discussion is kind of the history and training of people who do conversion rate optimization. I'm pretty unconventional. I was on the product development side and did user research, user experience research, and then moved to the digital marketing experience or side of things. So in taking the skills from product development into the digital marketing world, it's a bit of a kind of divide just in language and what we talk about. So sometimes we talk about UX, sometimes it's brand messaging, but all those things add up to making sure you can communicate and provide your customer with what they need. So let's go back in time to when it was little AJ. Little AJ is suffering in the snow wherever she was living as a <laughs> child. And then you were thinking about like what you want to be when you grow up. You're like, I can't wait to work on user experience and customer uh, conversion rate optimization. <laughs> like when did the, when did this idea, <laughs> I mean, no kid is sitting around going, I can't wait to work on user experience when I grow up. When did this become a reality for you? Like, Oh, this is a thing. I can do this. Yeah. I look back and I thought like along the way, I thought it wasn't really a clear path, but looking back it all kind of adds up to making sense that this is what I do. Um, my very first job, I made spreadsheets to run softball stats for my local baseball team. When I was 11, I was like calling the newspaper with stats. So I was already kind of drawn to numbers and figuring out what works best. Um, I studied economics and really fell in love with behavioral economics, which is the question of what do people really do in the real world? Not do like, not just that we assume they're actors who are gonna be rational, but instead, what do they actually do when faced with different things? Um, and then I had a hundred coffees with people when I wasn't happy with my first job. I ended up in finance and didn't feel like my impact was fast enough. I wanted to be able to change things right away. And I met someone along the way in those coffees who did usability research. I loved her energy. I loved the kind of impact she had. And I ended up going to grad school and kind of switching career paths into that. Um, and then the move into CRO, CRO as a subset came when I was in an offsite working at Google and we were whiteboarding our ideas for this product that fit under the Google Analytics suite, which became Google Optimize. So the things just kind of kept showing up in front of me that made it obvious that these things were calling for me. All right. I can I can buy that because nobody nobody <laughs> goes straight in the UX and CRO. That's that's crazy. Although today maybe 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 because it's becoming such such um, a normative thing, people talking about user experience because you know that's a thing. But I, you said that you had a hundred coffees with with people to kind of analyze what am I doing the right thing. Who gave you that idea to do that? Oh, I'm sure someone did. Uh, I was you know, in my early 20s, trying to figure out all kinds of things. I, one thing I really remember hearing about, um, I went to some camp when I was in high school, and I remember hearing that Bill Clinton had a list, like a stack of index cards of all the people he ever met, and one fact about each person. And I really, that polit politics aside, I thought that was just a really smart thing to do, is to keep, keep in contact, have kind of this sense of the humanity of the people you meet. Um, and so I think maybe that planted the seed of being connected and like talking to people. I probably read a bunch of books and what should I do to figure out what I want to do and Googled things. And, you know, I don't know, one coffee led to the next. I was a pretty shy kid. I was pretty shy still in my twenties. And so 
the act of leaving each coffee with the intent of asking that person to introduce me to someone else gave it a bit, a bit of a purpose and kind of helped me overcome some of that fear of asking for something. Wow. So did, so did you really have a hundred or were there, was there more or less? It was just a lot. Like, was it, tell me about the number. Yeah, I think it was about a hundred. It took place over a year. Um, and I was, you know, sometimes it would be once a week, sometimes it's a couple days a week. Um, but I just felt like I started locally with some people in this like club at work I was in people that were friendly and easy to talk to. And then they passed me on to other people and ultimately kind of found my way to this one particular person. And I think I may have had a couple more coffees after her, but I had multiple coffees with her because she was definitely someone I was like drawn to and wanted to be more like. Wow. So, so I have a friend here whose name is also Jason uh, here in the Nashville area. We haven't talked in a while, but he runs a, a consulting coaching group called 100 Cups Consulting. And it's exactly what you just talked about, which is why it's fascinating because you're in Austin. He's here in Nashville. It's not like, do you know Jason Elkins by chance? Probably not. Right? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, here's the cool thing. Like you're talking about what he does for a living. Like, he teaches people. This is how you can begin the next step in your career. Next step in your business is go have a hundred cups of coffee with a hundred different people and just listen, just listen. So, um, Jason's going to be very happy to hear that you succeeded significantly as an entrepreneur doing his method, even though you didn't know, <laughs> but he did. <laughs> I didn't he borrow did that it from too. him. Yeah. 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 Well, he did it too. He, he said, you know, he said, the thing is, I'm going to go out. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, uh, improve your sales process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dub. There's a special offer for Dub for listeners to the Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub, and that's D-U-B-B. What Dub does, I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our uh, primary sponsor of the podcast, but they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. And it's built, Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, uh, anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of Dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. 
Well, it's interesting because Jason, Jason began his successful career as a coach doing exactly what you did. Cause he didn't know what to do. He was coaching people in marketing. He was doing all this stuff. And he's like, I just want to go talk to people and find out what they want. And he started having these, these coffee conversations. And then somebody along the way said, this is your thing. hundred cups is your thing. So he started hundred cups Academy, hundred cups consulting. Again, this is not about him. It's about you, but I think it's really fascinating that you, that this idea you started Experiment Zone and your whole career in user experience and CRO based on having 100 cups of coffee. Who was the, I mean, you feel free to dodge the question if you want, don't want to mention who it is, but who was that one person you said you went back and had multiple coffees with her that kind of led you down this path? Yeah, she was, she was at a, a different company than what I was working in, but she was also in finance and was working uh, on usability at that company. So I won't name her name, but she was, she's someone who's pretty, you know, low pro profile, nonchalant about what she's doing. Um, and the fact that I was able to find her, meet her and connect with her and like be inspired by her was something that could have only happened with those coffees. I wouldn't have come across her on a podcast or read her book or something like that. So I think sometimes we just need to connect with real people and hear their stories and feel their energy too. Yeah. Well, your network is your net worth. And so you went out and created your network, which I'm going to assume helped you increase your net worth because now you're a business owner, you're doing your thing. So let's talk about experiment zone. Um, what that sounds like to me might be different than what it is. So tell everybody briefly what experiment zone is. Yeah, we're an agency that helps companies figure out how to take their investments in digital marketing, such as paid ads, SEO, make sure that that traffic that they're working hard to get and paying a lot to get is converting on the website side. So we're doing experiments, research, data analysis, a whole bunch of things to utilize scientific methods to make sure we're making good decisions to drive, to drive more conversion. So uh, I'm going to ask you to do something impossible, but if you can oversimplify this to everybody say, okay, there's, there's one, two or three things that you must do on your website to optimize the conversion. What are those things? I think a good starting place for everyone is that if people come to your site and they can't answer the following three questions, they're going to leave and they will not convert. So what, who is the website for? What is it that this website is selling or offering? And then why should I work with this particular company to do this thing? And time and time again, I think you kind of alluded to it earlier, JD, about we have entrepreneurs who are working really hard to build really incredible solutions, but they tend to talk about what they do in self-centered ways or in ways that are about the company. And really what we want to do is talk about what we do for the people we're helping. And the more specific we can be, about who it is, what it is, and why us, the better we can communicate and convert those people. Who, um, in your opinion, um, of the types of industries that you've worked with to help them convert or change the way they convert or write their web copy, position their website, who are the worst offenders? Like when you come to them, like these people are always doing it wrong. <laughs> who are these people? Oh, that's good. Um, I think what happens, let's just say e-com in general, right? So let's say like retail e-com. So if in direct to consumer business, if you look at the big brands of the world, like Amazon, Nike, et cetera, they don't need to tell you who they are because we already know who they are. And so you get some companies that are up and coming in the growth stage and they assume that they can also kind of skip over who they are and just jump right into product. So generally it's kind of that 
those companies that are modeling after the big players that are missing this key element. Isn't it interesting? I was talking with a friend of mine this morning. We were having coffee about podcasting in general. And I know you've got a new podcast coming up, but I'm going to talk about in just a minute. But isn't it interesting that when we try to develop our own thing as individuals, like you're doing a podcast, I do a podcast, I'm a coach, you're helping coach people through these things, that we look to the people who are performing at the absolute top and we say, I want to do it exactly like them. Now, on the surface, that sounds reasonable and right. But the reality is you can't. You can't You can't match Nike because we already know who the heck they are. You can't match Joe Rogan. Like, Joe Rogan does not do intros on his podcast. Like, if you don't know, if you didn't read who he's interviewing and you don't recognize the voice, you're not going to know. Because the first thing he says, hey, man, how you doing? How's things been going? Like, what in this crazy what we're seeing in the news? Like, he goes straight into a conversation with no introduction. So if we take him, who's got a million downloads a week or a day or whatever it is, and say, well, I'm going to be like him, you're going to fail. So I love what you're saying there is that you help these e-com companies figure out these three questions. Who is this website for or, pro or product? What What is being offered? And then why should I work with them? I, I find that those three questions are really hard to answer. As a business coach who has my own website, I find that difficult to answer. What do you help people figure out and how to answer those questions? How does Experiment Zone help a website, whoever's behind the website, answer those three questions? Because it sounds simple, but I know it, it ain't. Because if you wouldn't be in business if it was simple, everybody would already be doing it. <laughs> Yeah. And then there's so many ways you weave that into your site experience too. So to, to just know the answers to the question, as you said, is really challenging. And there's a lot of different research you can do to get into that, but you can also test out assumptions. So some companies will come to us and they'll say, um, we're a shoe company for everyone. Okay. Well, let's, let's really talk about that and figure out who has been buying. Why are they buying? What kind of problems are you solving for those people? What can we find as like the common thread? Um, but for people that come to us and they have a hypothesis already of who we help them bring that message to life. So maybe they know that they're making running shoes for people with back problems. Well, that's something you can directly take and put on every single landing page. And oftentimes they're, they know a hypothesis of who it is. Maybe they need some validation and some additional research to confirm that or the specific wording. But then really where we're applying it again and again is how to actually test it in the real, real world to see how people respond. I'm looking at your website right now. Everybody go, go check this out at experimentzone.com. You've got a, you've got a tab at the very top called case studies. And I'm, I'm looking through here. Like I, one of my clients is in the insurance business. So I clicked on that case study and it, it, your result at the end is 26% increase in qualified leads through the website because you ran six tests over six months. So when you run these tests, how do you do that? I mean, how do you, how do you test what's happening? What's uh, obviously don't give away your secret sauce publicly, but what, how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, it's the, they're the piece of the puzzle that is public and other agencies are doing the same thing is that there are tools that will allow you to run two different user experiences on a live website. Um, they'll run for 50% of people. Let's, let's just call it a button test. 50% will see a red button. 50% of people will see a blue button. You connect that dots on that and the data that you have and see, do they click it more? Do they go to the next step? Do they order more often? And the real kind of secret magic is how you get to, should it, the test be about a blue button or a red button? Or is there something more sophisticated we can be testing around the journey or the needs or the message? Wow. So it's not just answering those questions. It's also the aesthetic of the website. It can be aesthetic, can be 
do I see this page? You know, sometimes we'll run a test. Do you need to see a cart page or go straight to checkout? We'll run tests about, you know, we've redesigned whole home pages or changed how your product images, which ones display automatically or by default. So there's a bunch of different things you can test, but the kind of the magic in it and what really draws more conversions is not just doing the easy stuff, but really getting into like, what are the fundamental goals of people on your site? What are the problems that stand in their way? And then what are some solutions that you can do from a UX or brand positioning statement to solve those problems and get them to convert? So we, mm. we call that GPS. We help navigate through your goals, problems, and solutions. Wow. Isn't it? I think it's fascinating, AJ, that there is a, there's a whole industry as in what you're doing. Cause I think it would seem like, which most people operate this way is like, okay, I have a website. What else do you need mm -hmm. from me? <laughs> like that's all I need. I've got a funnel. Everybody says you need a funnel. So I got a funnel and I got a, I got a CTA button. What else? But there's just so much more to it because if, if, you know, if we do it the right way, we get conversion. And I think that's where you're at the CRO conversion rate optimization. How do you, how, why do you believe you've been so successful at this as opposed to anybody else doing this? What, what, what kind of is the key to the thing that allowed you to be so successful? I think coming from a product design world, we make a lot of uh, informed decisions about product design based on research and data and other things, but we really, really think about the user first. And I think other CRO agencies, don't necessarily have those muscles to be able to prioritize and kind of get into the minds of the customer. So we pair UX research methods with the AB test to make sure we're really uncovering like the fundamental problems that exist and not just a playbook of, Hey, we've seen this work with other clients. So we're going to do it with you. So we're really like digging in deep to figure out what are the root problems that are keeping someone from becoming a customer. Okay. And then what, like, if you had to define success in your own words, what would you, how would you define that? Uh, you sent me this question ahead of time, JD, and I've been thinking about it because <laughs> I'm such an iterative person. My, my business is literally called experiment zone. So for me, everything is an experiment, um, but I kind of broke it down. I think it's changed for me over time, what success looks like. Because first it's knowing you, you need to know stuff to be able to do things, right? So first building out knowledge, you have to be successful in learning and finding out what you need to learn. Um, next is having enough wealth to be able to take risk in your life. So making smart decisions financially and saving can kind of give you that base to start taking bigger risks in your career. And then from there, it's clarity. Because if you have a sense of what your goal or your purpose is, You'll know if you're successful at meeting those goals or not, if you have a clear sense of what the goals are in the first place. I've been asking this question to every person on my podcast for 212 episodes. You're episode 212. I've never had anybody answer it that way. That is really, really interesting. So let me congratulate you first on a really unique answer. <laughs> But let's, I want to, I want to dig into this. I don't normally do this. Normally I'm like, okay, that's great. Let's go, let's go to the next question. But you said something very interesting. For, you started with first knowledge and learning. I no no arguments there. hundred percent get it. You got to know stuff in order to be successful. Got it. The second thing you said, I think is where the, the interesting part for me comes in is that having enough wealth to take risks. Now, a lot of people have answered this question in financial terms having enough money to do blah, 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 what I want, where I want, when I want, with whom I want, et cetera. Like a lot of people say that. 
But you just you just said this, AJ, in a way that makes me take a pause and go, ooh, that's good. Having enough wealth to take risks. Now, for you, I don't know your financial situation, but having, let's say, uh, $100,000 extra cash flow in a quarter might be the exact number you need to take the risks you need to go. Somebody else may need a million. Somebody else may need $100. They don't know. So, so I would say if I'm reading into this correctly and could speak to my audience as a coach to say, that is gold. What is your number? Don't go on what Gary V or Grant Cardone says you got to have, because they're going to tell you you're poor if you make 400 grand a year. Like they, they're going to tell you different things. Your level of wealth that you need to take the risk to become successful is different than theirs. I think AJ, that was, that's gold. I, I, I really, I don't know if you thought I was going to take it that deep, but I, <laughs> I really, really like that. So, Congrats on that. Anything you want to follow up on that? What I just said? Yeah, I think there's kind of two parts to it. One is what you're getting at, like as an entrepreneur now, how much and as a business owner, how do you calculate and figure out what wealth you need to continue taking risk? And then I think there's also a risk taking and maybe I'm a little risk adverse, actually, by default financially, which was I had pretty traditional jobs until starting a company in my late 20s. So I think for, you know, to some people that's young and I was, you know, jumping in and able to take risk, but for other people, they need kind of more experience or some people might be 17 years old and running a company. So it's very personal for how much risk you want to take in your personal life. But for me, it was being able to not have to worry about what my grocery budget was each week and having enough retirement saved up to just feel like I could take risk for a number of years. And if it was zeroed out for that time period, I would still be okay in the long term in my life for health, wellness, travel, family, all the things that I care about. Well, by that definition of, of, as you said, in three pieces, having the knowledge to do stuff, to know stuff, having enough wealth, take risks and having clarity by that definition, do you consider yourself to be successful? Oh, that's the other question. I love this one. Um, yes. And no, I mean, I think the clarity piece is something I'm constantly examining, right? What are my goals for experiment zone? What are my personal and professional goals? Are, am I hitting those or not? And so I find myself being successful at specific objectives, which I think overall averages to success. But then there's other areas I'll fully admit that I failed or haven't started up and want to do. And so I think it depends on what aspect we're thinking about or kind of, I, I think it would be unsuccessful to choose that I'm, I'm done and have succeeded, if that makes sense. So I think there are certain things that I've, um, for example, I'm, I'm working on a book project. I'm not really announcing it publicly, but I'm just going to name it because it's on my list of goals. I want to publish a book and I'm in the early stages of that, what I called it successful yet, not yet, but I am showing progress and I'm feeling success so far and where I want to be. Um, am I successful in other parts of my life? Absolutely. Are there areas where I wish I could be more successful or put the bar a little bit higher to achieve it? Absolutely. So uh, I wish I could have just a yes or no answer to this, but it depends on what we're talking about. Well, it's, all, it's all good. I mean, because yeah. success is totally, totally relative because yeah. your definition and what you achieve and what you consider to be success is going to be different than the next guy. I mean, like I, I, I was mentioning just a moment ago, I mean, Grant Cardone just recently was talking on a podcast about he can't imagine only making 400 grand a year. He said, I would feel like a failure as a father and failure as a husband if I was mm -hmm. only making 400. Okay. I get it. Like he's a billionaire. You get, you, you know, at that point that that is how he feels, but that's not the standard of success for everybody. That is not, right. somebody could say, 
I can't imagine not making 40 grand a year, 40 grand a year. I would feel poor if I didn't make 40 grand. Okay. So your definition of success, which is why I ask every guest is relative to your experience. And so Mm -hmm. don't let another person's level of ambition or level of happiness or level of success define yours. So I'm really happy that you, you gave that definition. I'm also, you know, the fact that you're not really sure where you're at in any given time, like you're, you're, that's okay. That's all right. Now, let me ask you this. So you've built a very successful company. You're helping all these businesses become better at converting, which is why they're in business to begin with. It's not just to have a lot of people visit the website. It's about converting them. So what is your best piece of advice for the people who are listening who are entrepreneurs trying to figure out, okay, I need to do something better to become successful. What what would AJ Davis say that they need to do? I think there's two pieces to this. One, I would say the first thing that came to mind was experiment and a lot of startups and a lot of entrepreneurs are already good at this piece, but they're missing the hypothesis. They have ideas and they things that they're going to run with, but they don't take the time to say, if this, the measure of success will be on this time period, this amount of lift or this amount of something, um, they're just saying, let's change the homepage or let's release this new product and see what happens. So it would be experimenting with a layer of understanding when you're going to succeed or not and whether to turn off that experiment or not. Um, The other thing that came to mind is listening. And I think this kind of speaks to that thread earlier around coffees, but it also speaks to your customers. If you can ask questions and listen to the person on the other side, and in fact, I love to offer to some of the startups that I advise to actually record the conversations with prospective people or prospective uh, companies and listen to how they talk back, like ask them at the end of the question, at the end of the interview, what does my company do? Like, how would you describe what I do? And take that like verbatim of what they describe because that's how you should talk about the company, right? You should use your customer's words to talk about what you do, not just your own words. And I think a lot of times we have a really high sense of this idea of what we do and what we want to do. But when we can listen to our customers, we will connect to other people like them if we use their words. I also think it's interesting that your advice is obviously experiment. That's what you do is experiment zone. But, but this idea of listening um, isn't that what Experiment Zone is about? It, you are listening mm-hmm. to the customer. That's all you're doing. You're you're setting up a situation where you're analyzing it in a digital, you know, non-invasive format. But you're analyzing and listening. Did they click the red button or the blue button? I'm just listening. Which one are they clicking? Did did they did they stay five minutes or did they stay five seconds? I'm just listening. So I think your hundred cups of coffee that you did to listen to people to figure out what the next direction in your life is going to be. You you are just looking at the same thing as an running experiments on the same thing. You're just having a hundred cups mm-hmm. of coffee with website visitors and you're asking them questions without them knowing you're asking them questions. I think that's very, very, very fascinating. So AJ, thank you uh, for sharing this wisdom with me. I want to repeat back to the, to everybody listening, the three questions that your website got to answer. Number one, who is this for? So you're, it's not about you. It's about them. You need to answer the question. Who is this for? Number two, what is it you're offering? It needs to be very clear. And number three, why should I work with this person? So your, your, the answer is, or the, the question that needs to be answered by your, their, your website is why should someone want to work 
with you? Why, why is it they want to work with you? Answer those three questions. And I would recommend you reach out to, uh, to AJ and her team at experimentzone.com and check that out. Now, you also have a podcast that you're about to start up called the Experiment Zone Podcast. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. So over time, we've had a lot of conversations one-on-one where we give audit advice. So it's based on our best experience. We look at websites and we share feedback on what we think can help convert. We decided to turn that into a podcast. So you can see us have live conversations, usually about 15 to 20 minutes where we're looking at websites with the, the CMO or with the founder of the website and getting their input on what they're trying to do where where their customers are blocked. And then we give them actionable advice. So for listeners, they can pull up their own website and they can see how that applies to their own business. So I'd invite your podcast listeners to reach out to us at Experiment Zone if they think they have a website that could use some conversion advice. That is that is great. That is a great show idea. I want to be on your show. I want you to rip me apart. I want you to look at my website <laughs> and go, Jason, you're doing this all wrong, man. You got to get this figured out. Uh, yeah, I think that's great. And doing it in short snippets. And it's going to be, a some, uh, I think, an amazing conversion tool for you to get people to say, okay, I saw her do this on 18 other websites. Uh, they've earned my trust. I want to, I want them to do my site, not just on the show, but I'll hire them to do it. So I'm going to give you the last word today, AJ, as we get ready to close down the show for today, you have the last word to speak to the audience and anything you want to talk about. It's all yours. Go ahead. I would encourage your audience to take some time today to figure out what their number one goal is. I think a lot of entrepreneur, uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with figuring out what their priorities are. They have a lot of things they're trying to do. And the one thing that's really helped me move Experiment Zone forward is to narrow my priorities and put them in order so that at any given moment, I know what I need to focus on to move the business forward. Love it. Making it very clear. Well, AJ, thank you for being on the show. And I want to thank everybody for listening to this. So if you're in your car driving along and you just listen to the show with me and AJ talking about all this stuff, I, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to tune in and listen. Thank you for su- subscribing to the show. And remember, this is a YouTube. This goes out on YouTube. So you can go to youtube.com slash the real Jason Duncan. And there's a playlist dedicated specifically to this show, the root of all success. And you can listen to she's episode number 212. There's 211 other episodes that you can go back and listen to same types of questions. What, what does success mean? How do you become successful? What is your biggest piece of advice? So if you're looking for some free indirect coaching from a master business coach and his guest, this is a place to go do it. So thank you for being here today. Again, big thank you to AJ for being on the show. Remember those three questions your website needs to answer is who is this for? What is being offered? And why should this person work with you? That's what your website needs to answer. Go look up the experiment zone podcast. It'll be coming out to a podcast player near you very soon. And then finally, don't forget to look up experimentzone.com. Go check it out. She's got a lot of case studies on her website. I'm flipping through this right now. There's a, I'm, I didn't count, but two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 15 or so case studies that are probably on there that you can read. And then she's on uh, the experiment zones on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all the places go out there and find her. But until next time, when I interview a yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success, I am, as always, the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Attention, business owners. Attention, business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? 
Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.